0: Remember, I was a nerd in my first life. Probably still am. Uh, So I was a computer engineer, at least that was my undergrad um, at Iowa State. And my junior year, I was looking to do an internship my second semester. My dream job at the time was to work for Intel, a computer chip company. So in October of 1997, uh, uh, person from IBM um, offered me an internship uh, doing software stress testing in Rochester Minnesota that's about as exciting as it sounds um, and I remember t- uh, talking to them and they're like you know we'll pay you six hundred dollars That's like six hundred dollars a month and they're like no we'll pay you six hundred dollars a week and I was like oh that's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I took the job I said that I would do it and then lo and behold uh, in December I got a call from Intel offering me an internship in Arizona now I really wanted to take the Intel job obviously because it was my dream job I wanted to take the job whatever fiber it might mean and plus you have to remember like this is Uh, like a seven month internship so we go from January to August and let's just say January through August in Arizona sound much more appetizing than January in Minnesota (laughs) so I grew up in Iowa I know that's a detriment but it is what it is (laughs) and so I really did I really wanted to take this job in Arizona However, my dad told me I shouldn't, or I mean, I don't think he really said I could, not but he said that I shouldn't because I had already made a commitment to doing the internship in Minnesota. And so, as much as I uh, really wanted to take the job in Arizona, I took the job in Minnesota. I ended up uh, meeting some people uh, from Iowa State, And in some ways, make a long story short, it's a big reason why I'm standing in front of you today. Is that a friend from the internship encouraged me to take a job in Rochester after I graduated. Um, I didn't work for IBM, I worked for Mayo. And uh, that's where I received my call to the priesthood, was in Rochester, Minnesota. And so who knows where my life would have gone if I had taken that job, that internship, in Arizona. And so even though it's not what I wanted to do at the time, it in some ways has affected my entire life. All because I was willing to, uh, to say yes to my original commitment. The first reading is asked if we are listening to God. If we are walking in the ways that God commands us. Now, God wants us to prosper. So he wants us to thrive. In some ways, you could say He does. He wants us to be happy. But I suppose sometimes following commands, uh, the commandments of God, doesn't always seem to make us happy. And this isn't a very good example, it's the only one I can think of, but I remember like, you know, the garbage disposal in your house, right? The garbage disposal, you know, this, this obvious neat little hole in the bottom of the sink where the water goes down. And it's just like, you know, you turn on the switch and it, you know, makes a great noise, it grinds things up. But your parents are, you know, like, whatever you do, don't stick your hand in the garbage disposal. And why do they like, do this? You know, if we did stick our hand down the garbage disposal and we I don't know, lost our fingers or lost our hands, uh, you know, our parents would still love us, right? But life would be harder. We would be maimed. Uh, yeah, it would just be harder to do a lot of things without one hand. In some ways, you know, God is saying the same thing. That yes, uh, God will love us. God wants us to be happy. He, you know, No matter what we do, no matter sins that we commit, whatever stupid things we do, like sticking hands down, God reaches full, it's on. Whatever stupid things we do, God still loves us. But he wants us to live a, a good life, a great life, even more than to live an okay life. And so that's why he gives us commands so that we can uh, live life to the full and not that god isn't gonna like you know give us a good life even if we mess up but maybe sometimes we can mess up in a way that's irreversible that yes we will still get to heaven but maybe our life would be what it could have been if we had followed god's commandments in the first place And so how are you living a life divided? A house divided? How is your soul divided? Jesus says today in the gospel that a house divided cannot stand. How is your soul divided? Are you living a, maybe a double life? Are you, you know, uh, coming to the Newman Center? That's great. But maybe you're living a life that's kind of a double standard outside of the Newman Center. And that can't go on indefinitely and have a good life. At some point we have to choose one or the other. A house divide cannot stand. How is your soul divided? Is the, How is the Lord asking you to hold this? Is there something outside of this place, outside of your life with Christ, that you need to give up so you are no longer living this double life. It's easy to offer justification, to back out of uncomfortable situations, to say, you know, yes, I committed to something here at the Newman Center, but I think I'll be more happy, it'll be more fun doing this other thing. Sometimes I think, yeah, we justify our sins. I was talking to someone earlier about, you know, walking the mean. And so many things in our life, you know, if we do one extreme, that's bad. If we do the other extreme, that's bad. So the ancient philosophers said that, you know, often the life of virtue is the life of the mean, the middle way. And I would say that's true except for our relationship with Christ. That is the one thing that we can have zeal for that we can't have too much of. And so are we on fire for Christ? Do we have zeal for Christ? Is our relationship with Jesus Christ coming first? Do we desire to follow the commands of God? Do we believe that if we follow the commands of God, that it will truly be our best life. Maybe not the most joyful or happy, at least in the moment, but do we believe that following the commands of God will lead to living our best life? And do we have a zeal for that? Do we have a zeal for a relationship with Christ because we believe that it really is the best life possible? You know, I am you know, the first i have said many times that Jesus loves us so no matter what. But sometimes I think we can use that uh, to our detriment. To say that I'm a sinner, but you know, that's okay, that God will love me anyways. You know, we call that presumption. The idea that we know that God will forgive us, that he has mercy, and so I'm going to go ahead and sin anyways. But what if one of those sins is something that you can't come back from? What if that's like, one of those sins is like sticking your hand down a garbage disposal when it's on? That yes, God will love you afterwards, your life will go on. But maybe there's something in that, that you can't come back from. I don't know. Maybe it's drinking too much at a party. And then getting in a car. And hitting someone while you're drunk I mean that's something that you can't come back from that you just made one little mistake in the moment you broke a commandment of God you broke you know a law of the 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 civil law but it's hard to come back from that and yes God would forgive someone who did that and yes they could become a holy person and get to heaven but in some ways, their life has been radically changed for the worse because they didn't follow God's command in the moment. And so how is God asking you to have zeal for Him? To have zeal to walk the way, in the ways of God? To live God's commandments? Not the second or third time, but on the first try. Yes, we need to have zeal for God. We need to walk the life of virtue, but we need to have zeal for Christ. How badly do you want to live a life to the full? The life to the full that Christ wants to give you. How badly do you want it? Are you willing to do the hard thing that requires? Are you able to, are you willing to say no to the things that the world says that will make us happy? so we can live the life that Christ wants to give us. Someone was saying earlier that living life to the full often requires sacrifice. To live a life uh, to the full often requires sacrifice. And when we look at the cross, does Jesus look comfortable? Does he look like he's having a good time? Obviously, no, but love requires sacrifice. Living life to the full requires sacrifice. And there was great joy on Easter morning, but Jesus had to go through the uncomfortable experience of the cross. And so, yes, you know, maybe it's not even until heaven that we get to experience the great joy. Hopefully we get to experience it before that. But what uncomfortable things, what sacrifices is God asking you to make so that you can follow God's commandments, that you can walk in his ways, that you can have zeal for Christ, that you can have a zeal for his relationship with him? God created us for great things. Are we willing to do the things, the hard things that it requires to live that great life?